I think the DSG was a huge step in particular because I know that when I was at Gatsby, a big focus was enabling big websites to be static because of all the benefits that it brings. Yeah, but when you have tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of pages, you have tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of pages. You know what I mean? Like there's no arguing that. Like you just have that many pages. And when you have that many pages, builds are just going to take a while. Like you don't have an option. It is going to take a while. And so I think DSG was a beautiful solution to that. It, it essentially mixed the benefits of fully going SSR and, and rendering on every request with the benefits of static websites where it's like it's super fast once it's built. And now you've got that you're in this beautiful world where your builds don't take forever, even if you have tens of thousands of pages. But then every page load, except for the first one, is essentially instant since it's cached at the edge and it's just a static website after that. Right? And I think that that's beautiful. Yeah, and like it doesn't take that long to load some pages. I really, it really depends on what you've got going on your website. That's been the biggest challenge working at Gatsby or in probably in any framework, I'm sure, is you don't know what your users are doing with your framework. Mm-hmm. You can never tell. And Every week, there's always some random bug, like some users having some problem. And then you're like, damn, like, why did they write their code like that? <laughs> you know? And it's because they didn't understand. It's, it's our fault, you know, really. If they're doing the wrong things on our framework and then also having a terrible experience in Gatsby Cloud, it's ultimately our, our fault. But it's like so surprising. People like misuse or, you know, they don't read the docs and their all their builds fail. Or it take five hours because they're like loading up like all of TypeScript into a file. And we're like, you know, there's just so many different cases. It's weird. Yeah, that also was something that stuck with me from Gatsby was that Gatsby does so much for people that they end up doing even more with it, right? And they end up doing so much with it that you're like, what are you doing here? Like this, this is not how we intended this to be used. And you have to be really careful to design abstractions really well so that people don't end up falling into foot guns. And I think actually... Gatsby's now struck a beautiful balance there. Yeah, we once had like a customer that had like 500,000 pages on their site and it would take like 10 hours to build and we time out builds after an hour and a half. So we had to like give them a special timeout window <laughs> and then they had a promise to us that they don't, they would only build the site like three times a month and like with DSG and all the improvements we've made, like they were able to defer most of those pages and actually can build at a you know, higher frequency than what they want. So I think we're moving in the right direction. So you mentioned that there's going to be some improvements to the data layer upcoming. Now, I know that you can't spoil any secrets, but how are you thinking about the future of GraphQL at Gatsby? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's two kind of concerns that we have. One is for Gatsby to be very successful for beginners, we have to either demystify GraphQL all the time or hope that it becomes even more of a standard to like all engineers. A lot of people have problems learning GraphQL when they're learning Gatsby because they're doing it at the same time. And having not known anything in my past about engineering, it gets super confusing very quickly when you have to learn two concepts at once. And so that that's always some feedback we get from our customers and our new people in open source. It's like, is there a Gatsby that exists without GraphQL? So that's something we think about, you know, that could help. And it's totally doable. Once again, Apollo comes into the clutch where you can do like REST to GraphQL and GraphQL to REST or any number of libraries out there to expose that API to the customer. So that's one piece that needs to needs to change and get better. The second part is if we are going to double down on GraphQL, then we need to have less foot guns all the time. And that's the problem with the plugin ecosystem is without the right like governance on how the plugin is built, what utility functions are shared with these plugins, right? You can't guarantee the same quality of every plugin then. 
because no one's writing it the same way. Even internally at Gatsby, we have we own a bunch of source plugins. They don't all look the same, you know, <laughs> and that's confusing to the developers out in the ecosystem trying to make their own. It's confusing to us because we don't know how to debug it the same way. And when mysterious errors happen from some source plugins that we do not know, it's like the biggest Sherlock Holmes case to figure <laughs> out what the bug is. You know, it's not like we don't have like the intuition built up because nothing's the same, right? And so that's the second part. If we're going to double down on GraphQL, then this whole ecosystem of Gatsby, the Gatsbyverse, we got to start doing some things opinionated. Like this is what you do. This is the best way to source data. This is the best way to render a page. Kind of like the Angular way of doing things where you just tell people what to do and you say, okay, that's the way it is, you know? <laughs> um, so that's some things that we're thinking about. But then for GraphQL in particular, we're thinking about GraphQL subscriptions, how that can like ease the ease some of our, our pains uh, when we're generating pages really quickly. You know, we have like the whole composer model and, you know, we want to like standardize how types get generated. And then like, obviously for the DX experience, you know, having type gen, autocomplete, like the things that people love that Prisma made famous, essentially. Just awesome TypeScript autocomplete, you know. For me, I always want to optimize for people not talking to me. And doing these <laughs> things means people figure out their issues on their own, you know? <laughs> I love that. I optimize for people not talking to me. I love it. I think that's beautiful. I think a lot of what you just mentioned, Gatsby's biggest strength is for sure its community, but equally it's also its biggest weakness because you have so much, so many plugins that are all built in so many different ways that do so many different things that it's just really can be really difficult to debug what is going wrong with your website. And I think that's a strength because none of these plugins would exist without the community, right? And the community is freaking awesome. But equally, it's also a big weakness because it's like, I don't know where things are happening. There's so many layers here. I'm glad that you're thinking about this and I love hearing all of that. Thanks. Well, I think we're thinking about the right things. You know, the more we invest in the data layer, the plugin ecosystem, the more Gatsby can do, you know, like just like we can be more flexible as a tool because you, like you said, Gatsby does a lot of things, but Gatsby doesn't have to do all those things at once is what I'm getting at. Maybe there's a world where it doesn't. I think that that's beautiful. And that's as cryptic as I can be about it. <laughs> Rightfully so, right? Like you can't spill any of these secrets, but I'm, I appreciate you opening up this much to our listeners.